Hey guys, happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week and I am super excited about today's guest. He's a great friend and mentor of mine who I've been able to learn so much from in the time that we've known each other. I had to get him on the show. So before we dive into today's awesome episode, I would love for all of the listeners to subscribe and drop a review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps other like-minded individuals find the show and get connected. So thank you so much for taking a brief second to go and do that. I super appreciate it. All right. And without further ado, here is Master Your Fitness Optimization with Adrian Hernandez. I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, what's up? It is Allie on the Allie McGee podcast, and I am here with Adrian Hernandez, who is a Gila River Fire Department training captain and fitness extraordinaire. <laughs> um, Adrian and I, and I go way back, probably to maybe four or five years, probably closer to actually five or six. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's 2020. And I was, I first found um, Adrian in the functional fitness space my, I think it must have been freshman year of um, college when I was, my um, anatomy professor showed me a picture of him doing kipping pull-ups. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to go do it. Um, so I go <laughs> the closest CrossFit gym and I just went and signed up. And Adrian was one of the coaches there. And we have just been connected ever since. So it's fun to see his journey and growth, you know, with your personal life and building a family and all these fun things. So I'm glad we could still connect and talk about fitness and training and um, supplements and leadership and development because um, you are amazing and I had to get you on the show. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, can you kind of share a little bit about what you do for a living? Um, and we'll start there. Okay. Um, so I, I work in public safety. I work for the fire department. Um, I've been, I've been in public safety for 18 years, but I've been with this, uh, fire department for, uh, 13 years. Um, and it's kind of crazy how I got into the, the fire department side of it because, uh, I'd always been fascinated by it, but I never really knew how to pull the trigger on it. And so um, back then the internet was just becoming a big thing. We're talking, you know, nineties and uh, <laughs> I know forever ago. Um, and uh, I had a, a really good job. Um, I used to work for, for Microsoft and um, I was one of the, uh, I was one of the managers there and had a great job you know, make my own schedule. It was, it was wonderful. And it was down there in, in uh, Tucson at the U of A science and technology center. And that's where the Microsoft plant was. And, um, my, my office had a big, huge window and, and outside of it was, uh, the mountains down there south of Tucson. And I would just sit there staring outside, you know, a good chunk of the day. And, uh, when they, a uh, buddy of mine calls me up on my office line, and he goes, Hey man, I just tried out for this firefighter thing and I didn't make it, but I think you can. And I go, yeah, we're at, and he told me, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Thanks man. So we hung up. I got up out of my desk, walked straight to my boss and I quit right then and there. And two weeks later, I'm a firefighter. Um, so I started out with, uh, with the Bureau of Indian affairs as a wildland firefighter. 
And I did that for, for two years. And at the end of my first year, they pushed me up to squad boss, which meant I was in charge of a squad of six firefighters. And then um, I wanted to get my EMT certification because you got a huge uh, pay raise if you did that. So I did that. And then um, after in the off season, a, a bunch of the firefighters that were local to there, they said, hey, you should go work on the ambulance out here. I was like, uh, okay. I never really thought about it, but sure. So I went and I applied and I was green as can be. I had never even seen the inside of an ambulance and they hired me on the spot. And uh, that went, uh, that was very um, educational. I learned uh, so much about, you know, just life in general. And um, after three years of being just uh, a regular entry level EMT, I promoted up to battalion chief. And um, so I was in charge of an entire uh, shift of, of uh, paramedics and EMTs and, and keeping them going. And then after about a year and a half of doing that, then I actually uh, moved over to the fire department itself as an entry-level firefighter. Oh my gosh. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I didn't know about Microsoft. That's new to me. Um, yeah. I, this is how long ago this was. So um, I don't know if you remember Windows XP or not. Yeah. It's a really, really, really old operating system. Yeah. Well, when I was working for Microsoft, we were doing the beta testing for XP. And when you do beta testing, you always have a, a, a code name, you know, a different name. And it was called Whisper. So we were beta testing Windows Whisper, oh which God. is the XP system. Whoa. That's how that's, long ago that was. That's <laughs> crazy. I always think of Windows and it's like the green golf, you know, background. And <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's funny. That's amazing. Um, so I love that you quit on the spot. Was fire like something, being in the fire department, was that like more of a passion for you versus maybe in this other job where you were just maybe just showing up and doing the work? Were you more passionate about helping people and serving people in that way? I definitely was. And, and this is right after 9-11 happened. Oh, and wow. So that was a, another huge push for me was, you know, what am I really doing here in this position? What am I doing to make, you know, some sort of change in the world? What am I doing to help people to make it a better place? It's like, I'm not doing anything. And for me, that just didn't feel like it was really, you know, me being true to who I am inside. And, it, you know, it was a great job, great people. You know, it, it gave me an opportunity to take care and provide for myself. But at the end, it wasn't really who I was. And so, when uh when 9-11 happened you know that just kind of ignited it and then uh yeah when my buddy called me that was like okay cool that's that's the chance that i was waiting for that's what i needed well i love that um so the police and fire have the police and fire games that they usually do i'm sure this year is a little different so yeah how did, did you how did you first get started into functional fitness and then into like police and fire games so in 2007 uh, when I started the fire academy as just a red shirt recruit, um, we were forced to do it. We didn't oh, have a choice. Okay. So the, there was a training. He wasn't a training captain, but there was a, a guy who would show up from the fire department. And he had this idea. He had seen some videos online. He's like, hey, we're going to do this. And, and uh, you know, this is what you guys have to do from now on. Like, yes, sir. You know, we'll do whatever we're told. And so he kind of brought it out in, in uh, 
he talked about some exercise. All right, who here knows what a burpee is? None of us knew what a burpee was. So he's like, well, let me show you. So he does the burpee. He's like, all right, we're going to start by doing 50 of them. So we're like, yes, sir. But he, you know, bless his heart, he wanted to lead by example. So he decided he was going to do it with us. Mm. He got to about just a hair over 20 and says, uh, that's close enough. That's good right there. So I don't think he actually knew what he was getting into. Plus, all of us that were in the academy were in really great shape. Yeah. So kind of, you know, sideways look at one of the recruits and she's kind of smirking. So I'm kind of smirking because we know what we have to do. We just have to push him hard enough to not keep up with us and he'll quit, stop, change the exercise or whatever. So every time we start an exercise, we would go just a hair faster than him. Oh my gosh. Quit. And what he, what happened was he, um, he realized that, you know, wow, this guy's actually pretty good at it. And, you know, honestly, I was just surviving. I was a lot younger back then. And, um, a good friend. <laughs> yeah, it was. So the, um, the fire department, um, deciding that this was the way that we needed to start training our, our people sent six of us to go to San Diego for a weekend to go get certified. And I was one of the six that got selected. So in 2008, I got certified as a CrossFit coach. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of crazy too, because back then CrossFit was a very different style of training. It was all about, you know, don't worry about form or technique. Just go as fast as hard as you can and get through this workout. And if you if you can stand up and walk at the end of the workout, you didn't go hard enough. Yeah. So as we're coming back, you know, and I had already had a, a personal trainer certification before that. Um, I was ACE certified, and I didn't really learn a whole lot from that that certification. And as we're driving back from from San Diego, you know, the guys are talking like, "Oh man, we're gonna." We're going to come up these workouts. We're going to smash everyone. They're not going to walk right for a week. We're going to just kill them. Yeah. Like, what do you think? And I say, yeah, I'm totally in. What do you think? Yeah. How about you, Hernandez? Um, well, I don't know what you guys got from that certification, but the only thing that I really learned is that I got a lot more to learn before I'm ready to start training people. Mm. No, come on. Are you in or you out? I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't be with you in this. I, I feel like I'm not ready. And if you are, that's great but I'm not in that same place as you. And um, unfortunately that's exactly what they did is they went out and they smashed a bunch of people and they came up with the hardest things they could possibly think of. And while they were working on that, I was thinking, okay, what, what can we do to make things better? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I actually went to, I ended up at core and ended up coaching in a real facility, not just training recruits. And our style of training back then was incredibly different. You know, it was the infancy, yeah. what I call the infancy of CrossFit. Yeah. You know, it had already been around for like four years or so, but you know, like I said, it was faster, harder. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, all of us as coaches, we all got hurt at some point. Yeah. It was a neck, a shoulder, a knee, a back. For me, it was my back. Yeah. And we kind of took a step back and it was like, what the hell are we even doing? Like, why are we smashing ourselves? And um, John Wellborn says it the best. He's like, why would you take the time to build a house and then burn it down and then try to build a house the next day and burn it down? Yeah. So if you're trying to actually get stronger and tougher, like you have to do it the right way. So we started looking at a lot more um, other options and stuff. And that's how I came to OPEX. Mm. 
OPEX, uh, back then it was called OPT, Optimum Performance Training, and uh, later on became OPEX. And that was just such a higher standard of training. You know, you had to actually perform. You know, there was a written test. There was practicals you had to do just to get certified. And I, like, I went nuts over that stuff. Um, yeah. I did a lot of it online. And for the first couple modules, it was about, you know, 60 to 70 hours of, of videos you had to watch. And I watched each one of them twice. I, I just couldn't yeah. get enough of it. Mm. But that was the model that I brought to the CrossFit gym. And then when I took over the CrossFit gym, I slowly phased out the old style of programming and then brought in the new style, which was a better way to build a house instead of burning it down every day. Mm. So, so interesting. I think uh, what I'm hearing, you know, from the get-go, CrossFit gets that bad rap of going hard and too fast and all that, but that was like the baby version of CrossFit, like the OG. So people just have a bad stigma in their mind about it. I think there's, at the end of the day, it's functional fitness. It's supposed to be so that the average person can go in, get a workout for, you know, that's under 60 minutes. And it can be something that bleeds over into the rest of their day. So it's like, okay, you can lift this heavy box from the ground and put it on the shelf. Okay, that looks a lot like picking a heavy med ball up and putting it on the shelf or like over the, um, you know, the barrier. Yeah. Or a deadlift, you know, standing up with heavy weight. Um, so I think the root of CrossFit was a really good idea, but the delivery was let's beat everyone to a pulp and didn't go too well, you know, when everyone starts popping up with injuries. So I feel like to me, the OPEX version is now the, um, like the bougied up version of that adds science to it of like, okay, let's like rework this and figure out a better way to, you know, deliver the same functional fitness movements yeah, definitely. Um, in a better way so that people are safe, they're not getting hurt, and they're seeing better results without the injuries. Yeah, definitely. Mm, I love that. Cool. Um, so it sounds like over time, did you just get involved into the programming um, like industry once you had, you know, taken these certifications, you were in the gym, and then it just kind of naturally, you overtook the gym and implemented these strategies in? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, it was interesting because at first the, the culture of the gym, they hated what I was doing. They're like, what are you doing? This is trash. This isn't CrossFit. You're ruining this gym. And I was like, hold on, just give me six weeks and tell me in six weeks, if you don't get stronger, tougher and feel better. If you do, I'm going to invite you to stick with it. If not, I'll shake your hand and, you know, we'll, we'll still be friends and, you know, we can separate them. And once they realized that I wasn't smoking the shit out of them every day and we were, you know, getting stronger, tougher and able to walk, you know, within a reason, um, there was, they really, okay, there may be something to this. Mm, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, and then, you know, me wanted to kind of test out the theories because there was a lot of things that, that, you know, personal beliefs that I had like theories and stuff. And so I took the competitors and I would test my theories on them. Like, well, I, I think this is, you know, what happens when this, this, this or whatever. And so I would 
design a, a completely different uh, training program for competitive athletes. And really, I was just, I wanted to see, you know, to what capacity I could really build, you know, a human. And mm -hmm. so the the competitors, you know, honestly, they were my my test subjects. They didn't know it yeah. at the time, but they they did really well. I, I loved what they did, and you know, the they were able to prove a lot of the theories for me. And uh, it was kind of interesting because you know some of my old mentors, some of the people that I looked up to and that I learned from, you know, they'd reach out to me, hey, what are you working on these days? What are you learning? And I run some theories by them be like ah no no that's not going to work and they're like well okay you know and, and it, one one incident in particular we were at a competition and i had talked about my theory of you know skill conditioning and that's a a way of developing fine motor skills through stress and fatigue and my system was a little bit different now uh, you remember and um I was talking to a coach from another gym about it. And he was like, no, nah, you don't need to do that. You're just, no, you're wasting time if you do that. Oh, okay, fair enough, you know. So he and I were standing there watching the finals. And of these high-end athletes, four of them got knocked out. And there, there was a certain progression. And if you made it to, to the next one, you know, whatever. Four, uh, three of the four highest elite level games athletes got knocked out because of my theory mm. they had to do they had to do this crazy intense 30 second sprint on the um assault bike mm. at the end whoever had the lowest amount of uh calories got booted mm. they got a one minute break then they had to do um an uh 90 seconds on the bike mm. whoever got the lowest score got booted out so these guys are putting out you know high intensity yeah the third event was double unders mm. so that fine skill under under stress and fatigue so all these high-end games level athletes three of the four highest level athletes got knocked out because they couldn't string the double unders together under stress and fatigue mm. so i'm like okay well you know that's cool you don't believe my theory whatever yeah you know we're, we're still buddies so i'm at the gym the next day i'm training my competitors and the guy shows up hey uh what was that thing you were talking about? How do you develop that? How do you build that? Uh, well, oh grab a medicine ball. Let's sit down and talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, and I still follow a few CrossFit athletes now on Instagram and things like that. But what are they doing? Everyone does skill like specific strength training. And it's usually after they've expended all their energy doing their first workout and then now it's time to like okay do the things that are difficult when you've got no energy left yeah that's when it counts right yeah those fine motor skills and those actually apply further on in life too for more so for a tactical athlete not so much for for your average everyday person but yeah if you look at you know your military your your first responders um they have to be able to perform you know pretty pretty high-end skills under stress and fatigue mm. uh, in, including mental stress yeah so those those that concept carried over into some of the things that i teach in the fire department mm. because one lapse in judgment could be someone's life is taken someone you know gets hurt some you know it, it could be very serious so being able to perform at a high level even though it's your 
13th hour on shift or, you know, going into something, some crazy high stress event, um, you are still able to sit and perform with clarity. I mean, in the working world, I see it as very less intense, but a 3 p.m. meeting where you have a lot of decisions to make and you can't have this mental fog or you're kind of tired, it's end of the week and you need to sit there and give your best because this is the only time that you have to do it. You can't, you don't have time to, you know, go back and, oh, let's push back the meeting or whatever, you know, it's, you need to be more mentally clear more often. And I think you have to train to get there. You can't just like show up and say, I'm going to do it today. Like it takes time, like building muscle. It's something you have to work towards. Yeah, definitely. You know, building resiliency for that too. Mm, I love that. Um, Cool. Let's kind of shift into some training questions. So for individuals who I have a lot of people looking to step into the fitness world who are super beginner it can be overwhelming if someone were new and they were to like walk into a CrossFit gym and they just yeah. weights flying and going everywhere. Where do you tell people to start to have the most success? So the, one of the biggest things is understand why you're going to the gym. And uh, you know, some people, they, they'll like, they'll show up at the gym. And when I would meet with them, I, I would, uh, you know, the first thing I say to them is why are you here? Mm. What are you looking to do? And then, um, you know, most of them have some sort of an idea why they're there. And there's a very, very few um, amount of clients that didn't know why they were there. And so we would go into uh, a goal setting session because we got to figure out what you're doing here. Because if you're not clear on that, you know, you're going to you're going to be here for about six months. And then you'd be like, I don't know why I do this. This is ridiculous. And then they're going to move on. Yeah. And then they become, they lose confidence in, in themselves to be able to like fulfill something or reach something. Cause you build confidence by doing small things over and over working towards your bigger goal. Yeah, so if you don't definitely. know what you're working towards, you're going to get bored and just like not show up or, you know, or quit or, you know, not get your desired result. And like you said, a lot of people don't just show up at a gym and they're like, okay, I'm here. You know, like they have some, Either it's a reason that's clear at the forefront of other brain of like, I want to get stronger or I want to lose 10 pounds or if they're not, if there's a lot of reasons or they're not really sure, it's like subconscious and they might not know how to articulate it. So I think helping people with goal setting, which is like probably my love language, um, (laughs) (laughs) is um, really, really important because a lot of people don't know how to set a goal and then, and get there. So I love that that's the first thing that you do is getting clear on their why. Yeah. And so I, I, a lot of the goal setting, I'm sure is stuff that you do um, is we talk about how to define smart goals. And then once you're done with the smart goals, then we go through the arm score. And so a lot of them I invite to do uh, three different uh, SMART goals. And once we figure out the, the SMART version of that goal, then we do an arm score on each one. And arms is um, A is able, um, are you able to handle the workload needed um, to complete that goal? Um, and uh, so uh, the, yeah, R is, uh, excuse me, relevant. Mm. How important to you is this goal? And so like if somebody says, well, the doctor told me I have to lose 10 pounds, but honestly, I don't really care about that. 
that's going to get a low relevance score. Um, M is manageable, um, and that kind of goes uh, hand in hand with the with the able. Um, can you manage the workload? So you're able to do it, but can you really manage it? And so that's somebody like a a 45 year old male who comes to me and says, "I want to be a professional uh, boxer." Like, well, that's a really good goal to have. Um, you know, it may not be your time. And yeah. that kind of goes into the S is stage. Yeah. Uh, are you in the right stage of your life? You know, <laughs> if I got a 50 year old male who approaches me and says, I want to become uh, a Marine. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. It's probably not going to happen. You know, you're well past that stage in your life. Yeah. And so once we come up with that score, then we can change the order of the goals. Yeah. And then um, once we do that, we take each of the goals and we build an accountability team for each one of those goals because mm -hmm. doing it by yourself, it's just, it's going to be incredibly difficult when you come through a lot of the, the, the pain and the struggles. And if you don't have the right group of people helping you for each of those goals, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going to have as high of a chance of being successful. Mm. So we preach, you know, getting two partners for each goal and the partners are the ones who, believe in your goal as if it's their own. Yeah. So the, the last time that I competed in the, the police and fire games um, was 2018. Um, I, I reached out to Mike Mosley, a, a good friend of yeah. mine in Tucson. Yeah. CrossFit now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, cool. a, just brilliant. Just a great guy. Yeah. Um, and I reached out to him to ask him if he would coach me. He mm. said, absolutely. He says, my goal is to make you sorry that you ever asked me. And uh, <laughs> I'd be like, wait, I take it back. <laughs> some of those days, they were a little intense. Um, yeah. But he would, you know, he would send me my workouts for the week. And then he would check in with me every single day. Hey, how did this workout go? How do you feel? How are you sleeping? Do you get enough water? The day of the competition, it was in San Diego. He was, he was going to go with me. Um, something came up. He couldn't make it. But you know, Mike calls me like two, three times before the first workout, making sure I'm in the right headspace. You know, we're going over the strategy that we're going to use. Uh, after each workout, you know, he'd call me two more times. How did it go? Tell me what happened. Okay, go rest, go do this, go do that. You know, call me in, you know, 30 minutes, call him back. Okay, you ready for the next one? You know, oh and to God. me, that, that's like the perfect example of somebody who took my goal. Yeah. and believed in it as if it was his own yeah and so my other partner was my wife mm. you know she was the one who's like you know hey babe you got to get up you got to go work out you know you got to go train for this you know she was there with me and bless her heart she was um eight and a half weeks pregnant with our youngest and yeah. here we are you know in the summer in san diego in a very hot uncomfortable crossfit gym yeah and, you know, she believed in, in, in the goal also, like it was her own. So, mm. yeah, she just helped, you know, empower me. Mm. I love and I also teach about collaborators and how yeah. you, those are going to be more of daily assistance, you know, people or objects. You know, it could be a, a book that you read or a picture yeah. or, um, you know, let's say, you know, at a different time in my life, I used to have a lot more muscle. So it might be that picture of me when I was younger that I want to aspire to look like, you know, mm. and then we build that team for each of those goals. And then that's how we get them ready for it. 
Well, I love that you touched on accountability. I think that is one of the biggest pieces. Like you can do all of, you can write your goals out. You can get really clear about what you want. You can give them order of how you're going to tackle them all and make this great plan. But at the end of the day, if no one knows about your goals, like, and you just wake up one morning, you're like, I'm kind of tired. I just want to sleep in a little, miss my workout. Like, no one gives a shit. Like yeah, then you start true. missing your workouts and you start skipping, um, you know, all the little things you don't care as much. Cause like the first time you let something slide, it's like a slippery slope from then, you know, but if you have a coach and you know, they're like, Ooh, I can't miss this workout. Cause they're going to be drilling me with questions. Why I wasn't doing it? Why I wasn't there? You know, all these things. Or I love that you told your wife because she, if she knows your workout schedule and she knows like, you're like, you got a 6am workout. It's 5:50. Why the hell are you still in bed? Yeah, <laughs> True story. Um, so it's nice that, you know, you have different pieces and different layers of people to hold you accountable. Um, I think that's huge. Um, I always have my clients like accountability. If you can't tell your spouse or if they won't take it on as a goal that, you know, it's almost like theirs, like, tell me, I will be that person for you. But you have to, again, find someone who believes it's like their own goal because, Otherwise it just doesn't do as much. You can, they'll like kind of check in on it here and there, but not really. You really need someone to kind of like own it. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Um, so personal question, what kind of training is your favorite? I know you do um, a bunch of things. So it, it really depends on what I'm training for because um, there, I'm, I'm a lot older than, than now than when I started doing uh, the CrossFit style of training and, you know, and I, I can't train the way that I used to on, on a daily basis. You know, I, I do love to compete. So I had to change kind of my training cycle. And, and what I found out is I'm good for one competition a year. Mm. Um, and then uh, at that, it's a 10 week cycle to get ready for that one competition. Mm. And that, that gets pretty aggressive. You know, those are relatively longer workouts. Um, but a lot of it when I'm not getting ready for a competition is just based on, on, um, on functional fitness. But for me, the functional fitness is, um, that of a tactical athlete. Mm. Um, one of the things that I do at the fire department is, uh, is I'm also a, um, rescue task force instructor. And so I work a lot with, um, police officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters to integrate, you know, for any type of terrorist event. And so it, that, that gets a little crazy too. Um, usually on the, the day of the training, I'm usually the terrorist. And so, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It gets pretty, gets pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So interesting. Um, I love that you listen to your body. I think a lot of people don't and they will continue to push through thinking that, you know, here they might be 35, but they're still trying to train like they were 18 or had the high school body they had. And, you know, it's, you have to listen to your body and, you know, if it's screaming at you, like pull back, like there's no use to kind of push through the pain. Um, Cause I always come back to, for like, for what? there will always be another competition that you can find. There will always be another, you know, thing, but you only have this one body. So why are you trying to like beat it down before you 
can even get to that, you know, that goal. Yeah. Mm, cool. What kind of supplements do you take? I'm curious to like support your, uh, you know, recovery and to get you going for the next workout. Um, I, I'm not too crazy with the supplements. Um, I, I take vitamin D because honestly, I think, you know, most of us are, are pretty deficient in that. Um, yeah. I take my fish oil. Ooh, yes. Um, and then I take, uh, I take my X endurance. Ooh, yeah. And honestly, that's it. Um, cool. yeah, Simple. nothing, nothing that simple. Uh, yeah. Basic, just yeah. normal human type stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of people aren't taking fish oil. I'm like, no pun intended, but I'm trying to like shove it down people's throats. <laughs> I just started taking it and it's game changer. So I'm trying to get everyone to take the fish oil. So I'm love that I got a third party recommendation as well. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of move into leadership and development. What does um, leadership mean to you? I know that you train a lot of um, fire department individuals, whether that's their first coming into the academy or it's you know a little higher up. What does leader like? What does it mean to be a leader to you? Um, being a leader, it, it's kind of tricky because there's two sides to that. You know, a, a leader is somebody who has a group of individuals that they're expected to supervise. And there's great, amazing leaders. And there's some that are not so great and amazing. Um, and so one of the things that I, that I do as a leader is I have seven um, foundations that I kind of base my leadership principles off of. It's courage, trust, respect, growth, excellence, resiliency, and alignment. And each of those plays its own little part in building my team and building them up and, and keeping them to my standard. Well, I love that. Um, so can a leader be born or are leaders born or are they crafted by discipline and going out to maybe find the work or a mentor or things like that? Uh, yes, <laughs> to both of those. Okay. Um, th there are some people that they're just born natural leaders and they, they just have it in them. And, you know, when, when we were kids growing up, you know, there was that one kid that you played with, um, who just always seemed to know how to lead the, the, whatever you guys were playing. Yeah. If you guys were playing hide and seek. If you guys were playing, you know, with your toys or whatever, there was that, that one person who just seemed to know how to read everyone and, and, and get everyone on board. Um, and then as you move up forward into your, your careers and stuff, yeah, the leadership becomes a little bit more specialized. Um, the concept of leadership, it doesn't matter if you're in the military, if you're in public safety, if you're in corporate America, um, the concepts of leaderships are always going to be the same or should be. But the execution is going to be different based upon your, your profession. Mm, I love that. What kind of leader were you? Are, were you kind of like that natural leader or did you have to really work to get to where you are today? today? I, I, I was the type that was always a leader growing up. And so mm -hmm. I, I was a born leader, um, which got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and he, some of that even carried into the fire service because, um, you know, for a, a lot of years, I was uh, one of the lowest ranks is, is firefighter. And at that rank, you know, having those leadership um, tendencies uh, got me in a little hot water here and there at times because 
you know, I would see something that I would know is right. And, you know, we have very strict chain of command and there's a system, there's rules that you follow, you know, your orders and everything. And I kind of developed a, a, a reputation of, well, we should listen to this guy because he knows what he's doing. And that got me in trouble, you know, a couple of times um, for good reasons, though, in, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Um, but then, too, you know, you really have to refine your leadership based upon your skills, your strengths, your styles, and also your professions and, and why you need to be a leader. Mm, I love that. Um, I think I love that you say or that, you know, this leadership style has kind of gotten you into a little bit of trouble sometimes because you almost weren't in alignment with being like the bottom of the food chain and just like the last one in command. You're like, it was like you knew better that you want needed that position or you should be in that position. But it obviously takes time to get there. I mean, I think back to different times in my life when I was a, uh, a leader, I didn't realize how much power that I had. And maybe you didn't realize that either. Um, you know, it's, I'm ca captain of the volleyball team, but I like, I didn't realize that so many girls were looking up to me and with every move that you made. So I'm like, yeah, we could skip, skip a couple reps. No, we don't need to do these abs today. Like, <laughs> and so people catch on to that, but I didn't realize that, you know, so many people look to me for decisions. Um, and I should have been making, I could have made better decisions, but I think I'm finally realizing the power that you have and kind of fully stepping into it. Um, because a lot of people don't, they don't know where to go or have that natural tendency of just like, okay, yep, we're going to figure it out. And you just got to like pull the troops along and sometimes figure it out along the way. And as you go, um, so with that kind of being said, what advice would you have for someone who wants to become a leader? Um, you know, maybe they are just kind of part of the team right now, but they want to move into like an upper level management or lead a team or a department. What should they be doing? Should they reach out to ask a mentor for help? Should they be reading books? Should they, you know, what, what would you kind of do in that situation? Actually, everything you just said, um, one of the biggest things is, is you've got to have mentors. And kind of going back to something I said earlier, there's two types of mentors. And there's the guy that, or a guy or a girl that you look at and you're like, God, I want to be just like that person. Everything they say speaks to me, you know, it, you know, it's the very fiber of my being. That's the type of person I want to be. And then there are the people you look at and you're like, man, I don't want to be anything like this person at all. And I actually consider them to be a mentor because you are learning the things that you don't want to do. You're learning the style that you need to avoid, you know, the person that you don't want to be. So you're still learning from them. You know, it's just, it's a shitty way to learn that, that, that lesson, but it's, yeah. it's a lesson that you do have to learn. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, think about the area of, of leadership that you're in and start learning. Yeah. You know, master your, your profession, master your, your trade craft, because what will happen is, People are really smart. And if you're faking the leadership, if you don't know the job, if you don't know how to lead people, they're going to see right through that. And so yeah. you have to be well studied and, and, and be ready for it. Whoa. I love that. I think, especially my generation, we want to move up way too quick and not, um, 
pay our dues almost at every level or every step of the way. Um, so I love that you can kind of start by mastering each step of the way and then you will naturally just kind of like arrive there. Yeah, definitely. Mm, I love that. Um, cool. Well, I feel like that's a good place to stop. I know you do have a um, performance account on Instagram. Where can we connect with you and find you? Um, honestly, the best place to, to connect with me is through Facebook. Oh, um, yeah. So if you, if you find me on Facebook, that's the, the, the preferred way. Um, I also have a website. You can, you can take a look at that. It's oh, hernandezperformance.com. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And then you can find me on there. Um, yeah, those are the only platforms that I really, really work with. Awesome. I'll be sure to put everything in the show notes so people can connect with you. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Allie. It's good seeing you. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the Allie McGee podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at AllieMcGee.com and follow me on Instagram at AllieMcGee underscore.